pranam to you. Once again, let us take this time to explore certain aspects of our Kriya meditation. Today, let us visit the power and potential of prana, the consciousness-bearing life energy. Prana is a Sanskrit word. Its meaning is indeed comprehensive. Prana is the cosmic life power. It is the creative, sustaining and perfecting power of the universe. It is the subtle life force hidden within all elements of nature. There is only one life power, one prana, infinite, eternal, and universal. The whole universe, from the most minute to the most magnificent, lives, moves, and has its being in prana. Prana is the driving power that can be found in every manifestation of life. The key to the life of yoga is to go beyond the senses, beyond the body, beyond the mind. All knowledge is the outcome of experience. And what is beyond the senses must also be experienced. Here we dive into the subtle experience of the power of prana. Thought is like a bubble rising to the surface. When that thought is joined with our will, we call it power. The highest expression of prana is love. It is the most subtle power. Prana is the link between body and soul. It is carried and organized through intricate centers of consciousness within the body, perceived by the mind. Prana determines the quality of our consciousness. Our mind is the engine that draws the cosmic prana from the universe of life and directs it within us. When divine consciousness is perceived at each center within our spine, the result is a particular awareness of ourselves and of life around us. Now prana is both manifest and unmanifest. The manifest prana is dynamic and creative power. It is matter. It is all living organisms and it is all that we behold with our mind. The unmanifest is the vast potential of formlessness out of which 
the universe arises. This potential energy force of prana is known as kundalini. It is not the energy we use to maintain our expressive and creative life. Rather, it is a reservoir of energy to be drawn through the mind into the nervous system. The potential kundalini energy of prana is not surplus or dormant, but is as yet unknown. It is the conscious link between individual prana and cosmic prana, between the life energy pervading each individual and the source of perfection of all beings. We are aware of vital energy and mental energy operating within us throughout our day. But all energy is prana. In addition to the vital and mental pranic energies, there is a third energy within us. It is the potential energy of kundalini. We acquire energy from our environment. We assimilate and distribute energy through our mind. And we have the capacity to draw energy from an inexhaustible source within us. We want to awaken and bring into vibration the cosmic prana so that we can connect our inner being with the cosmic life energy. In pranayam is the complete harmonization of prana that spiritually activates our entire being. But there are obstacles along this path. Meditation creates nothing new. It merely helps us to clear the way, to remove obstacles. In meditation, there is no room for anything finite, for ego, desire, or selfishness. From Patanjali's Yoga Sutras, we know that body consciousness, doubt, mental inertia, dullness of mind, worldly desire, false knowledge, mental depression, mental instability, pessimism, nervousness, and inharmonious flow of prana are the primary impediments to our spiritual progress. These are the obstacles we experience on the spiritual path. To consider ourselves simply as physical beings, of course, is known as body consciousness. It keeps our mind identified with the senses, and yet we desire to go beyond the senses. Doubt is born of the mind's aversion to gaining knowledge of truth. 
mental inertia or lassitude of mind is the suppression of the creative power of our mind. Unending desire for sensory objects is the bane of an ever-hankering mind. False knowledge is distortion of the perception of truth. To be guided by false knowledge is to be ruled by the ego. We should not let our mind sink into the quicksand of self-centered emotion or fail to follow an ideal of life. Intense sorrow comes when the mind is trapped in desire and personal longing. Pessimism is mental darkness wherein the light of soul has been shut out from life. Nervousness results from a mind that is barred from higher spiritual truths. All of these disturb the flow of spiritual prana, the divine life energy within our entire being. We want to remove these obstacles and we attempt to do so by our practice of meditation. Patanjali gives the following example. Just as the farmer wants to water his field from the nearby canals, he only has to lift up the gate. Each of us is already the infinite. But these bars and bolts and different circumstances of the mind shut us in. As soon as they are removed, we rush out and express ourselves fully. We realize our true self. All the mystic centers within us are like chambers. If the doors remain closed, we pass by them unaware of what sublimity they offer. We pass by them unknowing and unresponsive to their meaning. Our mind, thought, and consciousness must be identified with the divine attributes that reside within us. In order to become identified with the divine attributes, we must overcome the negative qualities and cultivate the positive qualities. All negative qualities are acquired by us through our sensory, mental, and emotional perceptions, whereas all the divine attributes are innate to our soul. Daily meditation and the regular practice of these attributes should be an integral part of our life. By our breath and concentration, we harmonize prana and use it to live by our spiritual ideal, to live the life of yoga. Now listen to this story that illustrates 
such practice of harmonization and concentration. There once was a minister to a great king. Unfortunately, he fell into disgrace. As a punishment, the king ordered him to be shut up in the top of a very high tower. This order was carried out and the minister was left in the tower to perish. His wife, however, came to the tower and called up to him to inquire as to what she could do to help. He asked her to return to the tower the following night and bring with her a long rope, some stout twine, pack thread, silken thread, a beetle, and a little honey. Wondering what all this was for, she brought him all the requested items. He then asked her to attach the silken thread firmly to the beetle, smear its horns with a drop of honey, and set it free on the wall of the tower with its head pointing upwards. Yet still puzzled by his request, she did as instructed, and the beetle started on its long journey, smelling the honey, until at last it reached the top of the tower. When the minister grasped the beetle and took possession of the silken thread, he then asked his wife to tie the other end to the pack thread. And after he had drawn up the pack thread, he repeated the process with the stout twine and lastly with the rope. The rest was easy. The minister descended from the tower by means of the rope and made his escape. The imagery of this story is suggestive of the process of meditation. The mind has to become more subtle. To get to that subtle perception, we have to begin with that which sets the whole engine in motion. That is prana. The most obvious manifestation of prana is the breath. The breath is, in this story, the silken thread. By laying hold of and learning to control the breath, we can grasp the pack thread of subtle forces, the nerve currents, and from these the stout twine of our thoughts. We grasp one power after another until the rope of concentration delivers us from the limitations of the body and we reach freedom. Reaching freedom, we can then discard the means used to bring us there. Now, reflecting on these passages from the spiritual interpretation of the Srimad Bhagavad Gita by Swami Premananda. The following verses from chapters 3 and 5 offer us the thought with which to begin our meditation. 
The enlightened mind must rule the senses. Control over the mind is attained by pranayam and meditation. When the senses and the mind act in perfect harmony with the self, then alone liberation is attained and the yogi realizes the absolute self. The cosmic prana is not realized by the light of intellect, the brilliance of mind, or the power of the senses. It is revealed only in pure consciousness. Once enlightened, consciousness never again becomes identified with the senses and sensory impressions. Pure consciousness is the ever-abiding state of immortality. Amen. Thank you. Let us all sit properly now, please. Eyes closed, spine erect, hands placed upon the thighs, palms turned upward. Together, let us offer the Gayatri prayer. Om. Let us meditate on the glory of that effulgent reality from whom the whole universe is projected. May that enlighten our minds. Om.